Welcome to The Struggle is Real, a show for 20-somethings that are trying to figure out adulting. I'm your host, Justin Peters. Each episode, we focus on solving a problem that we will face throughout this defining decade that wasn't covered in the classroom. This could include topics about our career, health, relationships, and money. Let's get into it. Hi, guys. Some of you may know me by now. My name is Kyle. I have the pleasure of calling myself Justin's little brother. Man, I've got to say, Justin is always testing his limits. All the advice he hopes to pass on through the podcast are tried and true lessons he's learned through his journey in his 20s. In his most recent endeavor, he teamed up with his best friend, Mason Stevens, to raise money for Mason's scholarship program, Finding Futures. Finding Futures is a nonprofit that aims to raise both donation money and awareness of human potential. Justin and Mason recently competed in the Huntsville State Park Rocky Raccoon 100K Ultra Marathon. Spoiler alert, they finished. Not only did they complete the 62-mile, 12-hour trek through the woods of Huntsville State Park, but they came in first and second in their division. Justin's quoted this as one of the most challenging one-day experiences he's ever been through. His language consisted of mostly grunts and moans the day after, but now he and Mason are sitting down with me to discuss what it means to tackle a challenge this daunting and how, with the right mindset and preparation, anyone can do it. I hope you enjoy my conversation with two best friends, Justin Peters and Mason Stevens. What, what made you guys decide to do 100K? Why, why did you guys think that was a good idea? Anyone just drove 30 miles there and back and realized that's a 45-minute car trip. Mm-hmm. I, it, just to put that in perspective, you know, how long is that? There's so many questions I have, but yeah. what, what was the impetus of, you know, deciding that you guys were going to do this thing? Yeah, I'll, I'll start it off and then Mason, I'll hand it over to you. I, uh, yes, <laughs> to put it into even general perspective, more general perspective, it was a long way, <laughs> but I think the impetus, the initial impetus, actually, it's really interesting. I think the reason why started to develop and, or become more concrete or clear as training progressed, but I think initially it was. I, I mean, I signed up because Mason reached out. I wanted to support his organization. We've been talking about doing an ultra endurance event for quite some time. A ultra marathon had been on my radar for a year or two on to be something that I could potentially give a go at. And yeah, stars aligned. Mason reached out. We we got things done pretty quickly. I think it was like from like start to finish, maybe a couple days of like, hey, we should do this. Maybe this race. And then I remember you sent it, uh, you sent a screenshot back to me and you said, cool, I just signed up or I just, uh, bought the ticket for this race. So it's all up to you now. And then I bought mine right after that. I feel like you just need a really strong why on why you're going to do something, especially something this challenging. And to me, it really did seem like the backbone was your guys's friendship and, and what that meant to you guys. Um, and I feel like Mason's just always roping Justin and the different things like that. And it's really cool to see. I mean, Mason, you got anything to say about everything? Definitely. I'll kind of go off of like my why. And then I don't know really why I picked uh, ultra, but like, so I do endurance challenges because like, I truly feel like you learn something about yourself when you like get yourself to that, like push limit of like, why am I doing this? You want to quit. And then once you get through it, like you unlock a whole another level to like all of your senses. Um, so like I've done things since like my 23rd birthday, I did a challenge 24th. I've done the, I tried the four by four times 48 by Goggins before I biked 245 miles in a day, climbed 30,000 feet in elevation in a day in Washington. Um, and I felt like this was just like the next one on the docket. Like what is another thing that's ultimately insane that I can, is good enough that I like ask for like fundraising and then also like truly learn something about myself. So after the hike, um, I did in September on my birthday, I went out to Washington and hiked 30,000 feet of the same mountain, you know, just five times up and back. Um, I knew I wanted to do like a running event next and wasn't exactly sure. I've heard of the Hoka or the Rocky Raccoon Hoka 100K before. Um, and I was like, you know, that would, that would be the one like running 62 miles would be insane. And I've never ran like a half marathon or a marathon or anything before. Um, so it'd be something that I could just like truly learn about myself, get, test that discipline to another level. Um, which is kind of like what drove me to the the ultra. And then I know Justin, it was on his radar for a while, reached out to him and was like, Hey man, like, 
you want to do this with me? And you're just like, fuck yeah, bro. Like, let's go. And then signed up. And I think the biggest thing is putting a, a date on something. Like if you want to do something, you have to like write it down, put it into paper, buy the ticket. Um, and that's what it was for me. Yes. That's very much the same for me as well. I, as soon as I honestly make a monetary commitment to something as well, I feel like I'm pretty locked in. So spending $200 on a race ticket to go, it's just crazy. I think that we spent $200 <laughs> to go suffer for, for 12 hours, but, uh, the experience was, was incredible. So I know you'll, you'll probably ask a little bit more about that, uh, Kyle, but yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. It's just getting a date on the calendar and committing through any mean or avenue that you can is a really great um, through line. Yeah. And that date came really fast for you, didn't it? I remember you saying like, yeah, Mason reached out and I wish I would have had more time to train, but you guys got it done. That's really impressive. So in, in terms of what that looked like, you know, you say just put a date on it, but there's a lot of preparation that goes into something like running an ultra marathon. So how did you guys prepare for that? You know, what did the training look like day to day? I, I remember you saying something along the lines of your longest run every week was over a marathon at some point. I mean, that's a crazy feat in of itself. I think, I think Mason and I lined up pretty well, um, in terms of our training schedule, we were relatively about the same thing. I have been working on this goal to run at least two miles minimum for 365 days straight. So I wanted to continue that. So I was running seven days a week and I knew I was going to run at least two miles every day whenever I started training. So we had 17 weeks before between signing up and the race itself, which yes, in terms of like training for an ultra marathon and getting to where we needed to in the long run, probably a little bit short of what I wanted, but at the same time, like I don't, these are one of those things that it could have been just as disastrous trying to over-prepare than under-prepare for something. So I actually felt like the, the timeline was just enough for me to, to feel like I was pretty well trained, but also not too long where <laughs> I was getting burnt out or I was overthinking what race day was going to be like. So I started at 15 miles a week, um, running two miles a day, and then I was going to build up to 60 miles a week. And then the only other, I would say consistency in my training was my long run day. So I started with two miles and I built up to 26.2 because yes, I wanted to say that I did a marathon for my actual training that I thought that was going to be badass. So I, every single week added three miles on and added two miles on to my long run. So week number two, I was doing 18 miles with a four mile long run week. Number three, I was doing 21 miles with a six mile long run. And I built that up until my last week was 60 miles with a 26.2, uh, long run. Yeah. And I'll kind of piggyback off of that too. Um, so 17 weeks, I thought that that was like a good timeline. Um, cause normally I like to go straight from challenge to challenge. So, you know, I ended my hike in September and I always want to have that next one booked. So I never get like lazadaisical about anything. Um, but I was kind of the opposite. I didn't come off of like some running conditioning. I came off of like a heavy bulk and like lifting phase. So when I started training, I was weighed like 195. Um, and I started my first week at 20 miles. And I thought I bit off more than I could chew. My first week, my long run was six miles. And I was going like nine minutes, a little over nine minute pace. And I was just like, holy cow, like I feel fat. Um, which of course, no, that's not like fat weight, but I was just thick for my, my frame to start running a lot. Um, but the training that I did, I, I did two weeks at the same, and then I would jump up five miles. So week one and two, I was at 20 week two and, or three and four, I was at 25. Um, and then I also like kind of progressed my long runs, um, based off feelings. So I didn't run like on a schedule. Um, and I got this from man, what's her name? This, uh, ultra marathoner that she's absolutely Courtney Dwight or something. I don't, I feel bad for butchering it. Um, but she just runs completely based off of feel, um, which is like what I do. I never check pace. Like I never do anything like that. I just run my schedule for the week. Like, all right, this is how many miles I get for the week. Like let's knock it off each day. But I would always make like a double long run. Um, cause I'd talk to a lot of people about training and they're like, that's the biggest thing you need to train for, for an ultra is to go back to back long runs. Um, so eventually, like I only ended up getting to like 50 miles a week, 
Um, and again, I did my longest run on New Year's Eve. I wanted to be the first person ever to run a marathon in 2022. So I started at 10 p.m. and finished at like 4.15, 4.30. Um, had a bunch of coworkers come out and do it with me too. But that was my longest one just to say like I finally ran a marathon in my training for it. You think you were the first one to finish a marathon at the start of the new year? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I bet you I, there's I'm, some guy out there that started at midnight that was <laughs> done by 3 a.m. <laughs> I still beat him, though. <laughs> I still beat him, though. You know, I'm going to hold that tally until somebody rebuttals me. But everyone's like, yeah, just own it. Just own it. I'm like, okay. And, like, yeah. I did majority of it in after midnight because I was pacing a buddy to run his first ever half marathon. Um which was a lot of fun, not a runner. So it was really cool. I was just like chatting, trying to distract him. We started counting. He like came up with this method. We were counting multiples of three. So we got to like 300. Then we'd switch to, so you had to do the other one. Um, but it was really fun. So uh, I'm definitely going to hold that title as first person to do a marathon in 2022. Mason, I've been meaning to ask you too, when, <laughs> because I remember the first, I don't know, maybe month, month and a half of your training. And I could tell that you felt like maybe you got yourself in over your head, but then at some point in the training, that storyline flipped. And I felt like you were not only excited, but felt really prepared for the race ahead is, was there a demarcation point inside of your training? Was it that marathon day that, that changed your mindset there? No, it was before that. I think so. Every challenge that I do, I come up with a mantra as kind of like just self inspiration. I say it when I'm like down in the dumps, whatever. Um, and for this one, Justin and I both started it as I love running. So anytime we like did a long run, we'd like go back and forth and just say, I love running. Um, I'd say around like week six, um, once I was at like 35 miles a week, I kind of changed it into this like steel cage mindset. And I feel like this is a thing that prepared me more than honestly running did. Um, I got so like over-involved and like obsessive with this steel cage quote that anytime I was just like, oh, I don't want to run or it's freezing cold or I'm getting tired or any type of negative thought would come into my head, I would just say like, steel cage. And to me, what that means is like my head is completely locked in, like no external negative thoughts can influence me. Like I have a purpose. I'm going to go one step after another and like I'm going to attack the task on hand. Um, that was a pivotal point for me in the training to switch to, okay, I'm prepared. Like there's nothing that can get in my way. And then I was, of course, I was like running half marathons every single week doing like 15 to 20 miles. And I was just like, this is, this is nothing. Like I can run this, like still cage, baby. I just got to do this two more times and, and I'm done. Um, so it's really just like avoiding and like resisting negative thoughts. Those little, for me, I call them the bitch thoughts. Um, that are just like, no, nah, it's okay to be comfortable. It's okay to cut your miles today. It's okay to do this. Um, that was the pivotal point for me that I feel propelled my pre preparation significantly. Hmm. I, I do want to talk about that quitting voice, you know, that thing that comes in and you feel like you have, you know, a reason, um, an excuse and all your brain is telling you is please, please take this. <laughs> Um, and the pain and everything like that. Um, so I guess Mason, you've kind of gone over, you have that David Goggin style approach where you're just like, mm. no, this yeah. shall pass. <laughs> I will keep, I will keep moving on. W what does that look like for you, Justin? Yeah, you're right. I think Mason and I view it a little bit differently. He definitely has a separation of two identities where he's looking at his bitch identity and not letting it really <laughs> come into play here. I, 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 it's, that's a really curious question for me. I think just through a bunch of training, I developed that muscle a little bit. I I'll be honest. The ultra marathon was really tough miles 40 to 52 ish for me was quite a struggle where I, where those thoughts were starting to creep, creep in way more often than, uh, I was capable of shutting them out. But at the same time, those thoughts were popping up pretty frequently during the prior four weeks of training for me as well, where once you start getting into like 45, 50 plus miles a week, I don't know if this is true for you too, Mason, especially when you're trying to hold down a job and you have a relationship and I run this podcast and so many other things, it, it was not only time consuming, but energy consuming for me. And I often was like, you know what, Ugh. 
don't really want to go and run 20 a 20 mile long run today but at the same time you just you just put the shoes on start running and then you lie to yourself over and over and over again you're like you're like it's cool like fine i won't do 20 today i tomorrow can be my long run day but i need to go out and if i'm not going to do my long run day today i'm going to go run six miles or eight miles today then you hit the six mile mark you're like i'm not feeling too bad maybe I want to, I want to add a few more miles to today's run. And then you get to like 12, 15 miles. You're like, well, I'm close enough there. Like why waste this day? Might as well turn this into my long run day. And then you hit the 20 miles and you come back and you're like, Oh, and you know, you're going to do that, that every single time you go out or set out, set, set out to do that. So for me, in terms of overcoming the quitting voice, it was doing the exact same thing I did in a lot of the training, breaking that down and lying to myself. And I said, fine, that's a fair thought. Maybe you can quit, but let's revisit that thought in two miles. Like let's revisit that thought at the the next aid station. Let's revisit that thought at a later date. And then just knowing once you get to that point where you said you're going to revisit it, lie to yourself again and, and tell yourself, fine, how about this? We can, we can do this next aid station to aid station. And at that next aid station, if I'm feeling like I really can't continue forward, I'll allow myself not to continue forward. But <laughs> every mile you put in, you're kind of, there's a little bit of sunk cost to it. You're like, dang, man, I'm 40 miles in. Like I'm only 60 or 20 more miles left. Like I might as well try to go do five more and just try to do five more and then try to do five more. And then you, I hit 55 and I was just like, all right, this is getting done now. This is getting done. <laughs> yeah. I remember you saying that you've been running two miles a day for, you know, 250 days straight. And once you had two miles left, you're like, dude, this is cake because I've been yes. doing this for so long. I just think that we shouldn't ignore the idea of just small increments um, because I'm, would you agree with this statement that the race was already 99% of the way done before you guys even started it? Yes. I, maybe not 99%, but 95%, especially if you look at total mileage from day one of training to uh, crossing the finish line, that was 665 miles for me. So the race itself was only the race itself was 60 miles. So the last 10% of the race. So mathematically, yes, I was already 90% of the way done. And there was definitely, when you zoom out and look at it, not from just a one day lens, but from that four month lens of training, I was like, I only have one more day of this entire accomplishment. Like I might as well continue forward or push forward on this one day. So yes, I think that's actually a really astute thought. Yeah. It's a lot easier to to scrap 40 miles when you don't take into consideration that you're scrapping the other how many miles? miles, 600 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did 600 plus miles for training, which once again is I think a little underdoing it, but at the same time, like I was like, I am not letting myself quit on my prior self for these last three months, four months. Like I stuck it out. There were so many days that I I gave up a whole Sunday to go run a marathon. Like I did that four Sundays in a row, like 20 miles, 22, 24, 26.2. And you're out for four, four hours. And you're also practicing the practicing different things mid race there as well. And then you're just KO'd for, for a couple hours after that as well. And that was all of my Sundays. I was not going to let this one little race, uh, uh, get in the way and not allow those prior Sundays to mean anything significant. So yeah, I, I was, I was excited to get it done. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, I definitely understand and like get the it's 90% done before you start. Um, it's because when you're doing your training, you truly learn so much about yourself, like following through with your commitments to train every day. But I was only doing like five or six days a week. I made sure I had a rest day every week because I was still trying to like lift a little bit. Um, and I just get too sore and you know, it's also, it's still good to hit your body. If as long as I'm hitting my weekly mileage, like boom, I'm hitting that check mark, but it's the true consistency that you have that you're going through training is where you like learn a lot about yourself. So if I'm going through four months and I'm training six days a week on race day, it's like, okay, this is the, the practice that I put in. Like I've been mastering the craft for this day. Um, which you've built so much self-confidence because you'd follow through with your commitment through that training that that's where you truly like believe in yourself. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. So 90%, yeah, you're hundred percent right. Because again, like you made the commitment to follow through with your training. You did it. You tackled the task each day that you needed to. So on the final day, it's like, all right, this is the last little check I have. And it's like the smallest one, but also the biggest one. I just want to talk about, you know, running in general um, and really just 
where your mind goes when when we think about doing something a 62 mile run for what was when did you guys finish what was the time i know mason was a little bit yeah let's round it to 12 hours ish 12 hours even just doing something anything for 12 hours um you just get and, and this is what a lot of people describe as the runner's high where you just get this overwhelming sense of presence and it's literally just you and your mind. It is, that is all you have. It is you, you're alone with the pain of your body and it's anchored by your thoughts, you know, whether that's good or bad. Um, so just describe the rabbit hole that is your mind, you know, during the race. Hey, you want to kick things off here? Yeah. So, um, I have this trouble a lot where like, I'll get done with the long run or like previous challenges. And I'm like, man, what did I think about? Um, like I biked for 25 hours straight nonstop. And I was like, what did I even think about during that day? But I truly try to be like more like self-aware going into this run because I hated the feeling of not being able to digest it all. And I could say that I went absolutely no pods the entire run. Like I wanted to be completely just aware in the run. Um, and one thing that I, I caught myself like just focusing on was like, sadly, like my next step. Um, which I don't think is like good or bad. Like I was definitely present, but it's just like, I was so present in what I was doing. I was able to think about like what I want to do next. And for me, like I go through this like meditation phase when I run. Um, and I got it from Wim Hof where I like, I do like controlled breathing really well. I count to 30. I'll reset once I get to 30, but it's helping me focus on my movement. And then also it's kind of like distracting me from, we'll say the pain or, the movement that I'm doing. Um, so in those times, like, man, I just think about my future, like finding future. I think about like work. I think about, you know, just the environment around me. Like I truly was just enjoying the nature. Um, but I'd say like one big thing is like, you also have to be so focused on your steps for like the Rocky record. And it's a really technical trail. Um, lots and lots of roots. Um, definitely like an ankle biter. Like we saw a dude fall right in front of us helped him up and like kept going. So if your mind slips from like your next step, you kind of can just like, you know, eat shit and what could happen? Like it would be so awful to get kicked out of the race because you lost focus for a second on a route and like twisted your ankle or something worse. Um, so presence is just so key. Um, so your thoughts are probably going to be something similar or just right around like you and your life right at that moment. Um, that's like the most that I can think of because I think it's just a lot of like presence and then small things that like you desire. Um, what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I would say actually very similar to you're right. You are actually very present in the moment. You're going over your game plan pretty frequently. I, <laughs> you think you get lost in, in different thoughts over that 12 hour period. But as Mason was alluding to, too, like you have a game plan and you're executing on that game plan throughout the entire race. Not only do you need to stay fairly focused on the terrain at different aspects. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're allowed to open up a little bit more um, because you might be on a part of the route that doesn't necessarily require you to have your head down a little bit more and be looking for, for rocks or for roots. I would say the last two hours was very different because we're running in the dark. So then you, you get the headlamp on or the light. So you're very focused on where your next step is like both metaphorically and actually physically. Um, Mason and I spent a lot of time, especially the first half of the race, just shooting the shit together, <laughs> like just talking yeah. and having a good time. Mason was also very fixated on making sure he was the most positive person on the racetrack as mm -hmm. well. So I think Mason, uh, between at least that middle third of the race was focused on where the next mile was going to be. Like he was like, all right, I, that person's coming up. I'm going to say hi. I'm going to say good race. <laughs> like. So that was pretty entertaining. We did lots of fun little things as well. The, the course was broken down into letters. So every time we'd hit a new letter, we would just make up a random word for that letter. Yeah. <laughs> so we would do different things like that to break it up. But then at the same time, we're approaching an aid station and you know, a minute out from that aid station, we're thinking, okay, well, how we got to hit this aid station? How long do we want? What are we putting down? Anything we need to um, do during these two minutes at the aid station. So you're talking through your game plan, not only with your partner, um, but also with yourself as well. Like, okay, what do I need here? How am I going to approach this? Um, how, how's my pace feel right now? Where are we at? 
Do I need to take gloves on, put gloves off? Like you're always evaluating a lot of different things about your body, both mentally and physically. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I feel like it's, it's just an evolution throughout the race. And it's always just grounded by the fact that you're, you're, there is the strategy involved. There is the presence involved where you have to be constantly thinking what you're doing um, and where your next step is going to be. So really cool to hear all that. So I really want to just explore the why with you guys um, and, and what led you uh, down this journey. One of you guys want to take it from the top? Yeah, yeah, sure. I will. Um, so for me, my why is like, I want to lead by example. And it's really hard to try to fundraise for a scholarship if I'm not doing the own acts myself. Um, so that's what I think like coming into discipline um, really grows like that self-confidence, self-love and like belief you have in for yourself. Um, so that was like my why going into it. I knew this was going to be like my most strict training, like my hardest training. And I wanted to see like what I would actually grow through. Now it's like, if I look at a task, it's like, well, I always use my challenges as like tokens that it's like, if I can do that, I know I can do anything in like day-to-day life. Um, there's no curveball that's going to be thrown where it's like, oh, well, I can't do this because my car is not working. Well, it's like, all right, well, I can compare that to if I can get through like the mental toughness and the, the pain and the strategy that I went through for running ultra or biking for 25 hours, it's like, okay, well, I had the patience to figure out next step by step of like how to get my car to work properly again. Um, so I'm my passionate, like why is like the discipline, the patience that I get and belief in myself that I can figure out anything going forward. Yeah. It sounds like if your car's not working, you're running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, tra- yeah. he trained for that moment. He's like, dang, dude, it's only eight miles away. All right. I can get that done. <laughs> I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I think Bayson hit a lot of the big buckets for sure. Um, behind the why or flipping the question around to like, what did we actually learn from this experience now, especially having one month to reflect on this entire process is a really interesting case study or exercise to go through. I think anytime that you set a really substantial goal like this, you should take a little bit of time afterwards and figure out what did you learn from that experience. And I think first and foremost too, just gaining some self-respect through this entire process was really important to me. I set a plan in place. I charted out 13, what 17 weeks of training would look like and imagined finishing the, 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 the finish line. And then worked backwards from there. And I didn't waver from any of that training. And that was really cool to be like, all right, I do want to run an ultra marathon. And this is what I need to do in order to accomplish that. And then that's the easy part to it. The hard part is after four or five weeks of that initial lust of setting that goal or that intention, the hard part starts to creep in like training dialed up a notch and the monotony, um, was, was definitely present and in there, but you continue to push through it. And I, anybody, I feel like many people can accomplish whatever they really want to accomplish if they set a plan in place for it. And then just don't really waver from, from that ultimate goal. Like if you need to reset or re like take a step back and, and readjust how you might potentially get there. Cool. But then don't unwaver from like the actual ultimate piece to, to what you're trying to do, which is accomplish this marathon on this ultra marathon on February 6th. And what does that look like? That means starting on the the finish line, uh, and ending on the finish line. And yeah, I just thought it was super interesting. And I gained a lot of respect for myself, not only just for actually doing the race itself, but accomplishing and following through with every single training that I set out as well. And I can take that same concept and apply it into so many other things that I'm trying to get done as well. Because the only, I think, major difference between some high performers and people that are just living your average life is that they act on the things that they say they're going to do. And that is really hard to do. And all of us are guilty of saying we want to do something, talking it up, and then actually never taking any action on it or not following through on a plan. And I've done that with many things, but this was one thing that I didn't wave on whatsoever. And I'm really proud that I actually, I actually did that. Before you ask your next question, Kyle, I want to flip it to you too, because while Mason and I were working on the ultra marathon, something bubbled up for you as well, very in very similar vein as well. I know 
you've been wanting to do 75 hard. You got so many people involved. Our sister, Ashley, actually just finished 70 hard, 75 hard too, which I am proud that you are the one that initiated it, but super proud of her for actually following through and doing it all. You're working on it as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that experience? Because it seems like I'm guessing it's very similar where this isn't something that you can decide you want to do tomorrow and then go and do it. And there isn't this like satisfaction of like the long game that you have to play here. 75 hard is 75 days of a list of things that you have to do. Some of them include doing two 45 minute workouts a day, um, reading 10 pages a day, I think, or having some kind of reading practice, following some kind of diet that you set out and uh, having some kind of water consumption, drinking um, goal set in mind as well. So it, what I was just saying, does any of that resonate with what you are getting through this experience with 75 hard? Yeah, when it, when it boils down to it, I think the point that we're getting at is when it comes to the setting a goal, all this, all these feelings and, and all the progress and everything that goes into it, it's, it's so universal. It is so universal that, and you made a really, really good point about just showing up and, and what that can do to your psyche and, and your well-being. Um, I, I just, if anyone's, you know, struggling out there or, or thinking that they're living in an average life or they're just not good, pick something small and then stick to it because man, that is powerful. It is so powerful. Um, for 75 Harbor with me, you nailed it all. Uh, it's a gallon of water every single day, two workouts, stick to a diet, read. That's a lot. One of your workouts has to be outside too. So you're battling the elements no matter what. And there's a cold shower involved. Uh, there's a whole lot of different things. And when I set out to it, I, I had to make some negotiations with myself and, and really craft in a way that I'm like, okay, this is what is attainable for me on a day-to-day basis. And you're right. You know, it took me months before I even did the thing because I was just so wrapped up in the lust of, of it all and telling everybody that I was going to go do it. And, um, yeah. And it, it took me, uh, you know, I, I reached out to like five, 10 people and I got four people on board and yeah, our sister, Ashley, uh, she started a little bit before we did. Um, I think she had some kind of wedding or something that she wanted to have it all done by. Um, and then we started on January 1st, uh, really cool. Um, and you're, you're totally right. What day are you on right now? What day am I on? Uh, I think this is 63. Let's go get it. I, I honestly haven't even been thinking of what day it yeah. is. I'm just like, it's, it's coming around the corner. And like, now that I'm like, you know, two weeks off, less than two weeks off, then I can just think and like, be like, okay, um, <laughs> this is getting real. Like I'm, I'm towards the end of it and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, it, you're totally right about, you know, Three, I think three weeks in was the point where I was like, man, this is getting monotonous. This is boring. This isn't like, I thought I was going to be feeling good every single day after doing oh. this. Um, and it was just about showing up and I had to negotiate with myself a little bit. I have even failed the challenge multiple times. Um, but then I, I realized that it wasn't this idea of striving for perfection that was going to get me the results in the long run. You know, it was, it was more so about never quitting and just showing up. Um, and now I have the floors elevated in terms of, you know, what my non-negotiable is. Um, and it's very sustainable. Like I honestly think I'll be doing the same things even after the challenge is over to the point where I'm like, okay, you know what? I could totally do all those things, including the cold shower for 75 days straight. Um, I'm just going to give this a go and start fresh here. Uh, and I do too. Honestly, I'm thinking for my new year's goal, I said, I wanted to do 75 hard to completion. And now I'm just putting it out there that maybe I will by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, you'll just have to restart day one if you don't get it all done. Um, I haven't reset the time on anything like that, but even just doing, just doing the, I was doing so much, I'm doing so much now as compared to what I was doing before. And and I can still see the results. And some days I beat myself up because I'm like, well, I missed that second workout, <laughs> but just 
when I when I think back at it, I'm just like, okay. Just look at where I'm at now, though, <laughs> as compared to where I was three months ago. So, yeah, it's it's a really it's a really cool concept of you know just setting a goal um, and then just the, letting the power of habit formation take place and and uh, just seeing how that that builds on itself and how you'll never um, regress and go back into you're just a new person um, and I think that's where the happiness comes from. It, it, you're just a little, you're proud of yourself. Um, there's a lot of pride involved in that. So. I would agree. Yeah, and awesome. you, you brought up so many interesting threads that we could definitely explore. I think one in particular is for me, I love as much as I love big audacious goals, like doing an ultra marathon. I also really love consistency goals, which is why I've been trying to do the two miles for a year straight. And I, I had to stop it again. Dude, our bodies were wrecked after the Bro. ultra marathon. I was hoping that I could continue it, but also in the back of my head, knowing that if I needed to give myself a day, I'd give myself a day. So I ran into, I don't know, somewhere around like 258, I think was um, race day. And then gave myself a week after that of recovering my body because it was more so just not even sore. There were parts of my legs that were not good, like not in great shape. But, and I've done, I, the, my record prior to that was like somewhere in like the 160 to 180 range. I can't really remember. And this will just be another goal that I just, I'm, I'm back at it again. I'm on day, I don't know, 20 right now or something. And it's just like you, it's just back ahead right now. It's just going to take me months and months and months to get back to where I am. Um, but yeah, I love the consistency goals. And the fact that like, even if you have one day off too, like you, you have one bad day, if you accomplished your goal even five out of six days of the week or, or um, six out of seven days of the week, you're still batting like 83% or something, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Especially if you're coming off of doing this zero out of seven days of the week. So like uh, for an example, last year I ran or the year prior, I, I, I didn't count my stats for last year, but the year prior I ran 340 of the 365 days. Sure, I didn't run three, 365 days in a row, but I freaking ran like almost every day. Like I can consider myself a runner. So I love consistency um, goals as well because they will stack. And like Mason's very much into consistency as well. Like even the the habit of reading. Like I like rather than like doing this audacious goal of like reading a hundred books or whatever. If you just focused on reading ten pages or one page a day. Some days you'll end up reading more, but you'll see that consistency of re reading a couple pages a day start stacking on on itself, and then all of a sudden, like you'll find yourself a year or two years later, and you're like saying words that you you didn't realize you knew, or concepts are flowing out that were complicated and before you started reading. Like it's really hard for me in the present moment to be locked in on professional development because you don't necessarily see the instantaneous results like right there in front of you. But when you take it out from a larger lens, like now doing this podcast for two years, all the knowledge that I've realized I've, I've absorbed and even how I've developed over a host over those two years, episode to episode, I didn't necessarily see it, but going from episode one to episode 25 and 25 to 50, the um, margin of improvement is... I think like <laughs> a little addicting in that sense. And that's the little things that I was doing each and every day, not one monumental thing that I've done in between some one, some of those uh, episodes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, though, it's hard to see the bigger picture in the grand scheme of things. Um, and that really doesn't come to fruition until you dedicate some time to it. Um, and I'm seeing, you know, muscle definition now. And now that I'm seeing that I'm like, God, that's my neck that's just a little bit of, it'll push me over the edge and until I get to the next step. And I know that if I just keep being consistent with it, then there's always that little thing that's just nudging you in the right direction. I was going to say, I think that's what the progress photos are for. Cause you got to have to do one every single day. Is it pretty cool to look back on day one now to day 66? I'm not going to lie. I haven't taken a progress photo every single day. I took one at the beginning and I was going to take one at the end and be like, okay, that's pretty cool to see. Um, but now that you bring that point in into the mix, um, I totally understand where that's coming from. I, I just kind of, you know, nudged that off. I'm like, that seemed like a little egotistical to me. Like, do I really need to do that kind of a thing? But now yeah, that you bring dude. up that point, you're totally right. And it was all, all this challenge is designed 
from a framework uh, just to account for every little factor, it seems like. Um, in terms of, and Mason, maybe if you want to answer this, um, dude, first off, you've just, you've smashed so many goals. That's insane. The things that you were saying that you've accomplished, it seems like this ultra marathon is just another thing, another drop in the bucket, which is not easy to say for most people. It's a big ass um, bucket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but my question is a lot of people, they think that at the end of the day, they're the problem. Um, and that, you know, since they didn't get to the gym that day, they're just lazy they're just lazy and they, uh, they don't have what it takes, but I think I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that philosophy for, um, the majority of people. I, I, I just think it's about crafting your environment in a way that, you can control and it, and it, it really bleeds you in. And I, I think Justin had this thing where he set out his running shoes and the outfit um, the night before that way, when he wakes up in the morning, he sees it, knows that's the first thing he does crosses mm -hmm. it off the list. Do you have anything um, that you implement that helps you with your goals? Yeah, there's quite a few things I want to go off of what you just said. Um, my bucket is large, but like one thing that I want to do is like, I don't just want to live life. I want to live my life to the fullest. And for me, it's, it's doing these kinds of challenges because every time I do it, like I truly do learn something about myself. Like I don't do my challenges for anybody else, but myself, like I don't do it. So I can go to a group and be like, Oh man, this is what I did last weekend. Oh, like I'm not egotistical like that. Like humility is key. That's why I always just want to move on to my next one. Um, but it's totally okay to skip a day in the gym. Like that doesn't make you weak or soft or anything. Like I do that all the time. Like, and I hate that because that's my little, like my inside voice. It's like, no man, like, but it's, it's okay. Like when you're sore, you're sore. Like when you need to listen to your body, it is okay to listen to your body. But when you feel totally fine and you're just doing it because you're lazy, that's the difference. And it's learning that balance, which is kind of hard, um, but crucial. Um, when I first started like task, I would not give myself like a daily task. I would give myself a weekly task. Um, so say like, I'm not going to do lifting because I, I love lifting that that's my passion. Like I love lifting weights, but like, we'll say reading because for new year's, my new year's resolution was to read every single day of the year. And I am one day from perfect, um, for the year. And that day was the ultra marathon didn't cross my mind at all. And then afterwards I was a complete wreck. Didn't even think about it. Couldn't even sit down without my hips locking up. It's tragic. Um, but it's okay. Like I'm not, I didn't like lose my challenge because I stipulated my challenge with, even if I don't read a day, like continue the, the track and see how many days of the year I can do it. So kind of like how Justin goes and like how you're explaining something so far, like you just recontinue, like, I'm not, I didn't end it and be like, oh, well, I didn't get the start again next year. It's okay. I'm going to continue to see how many days of the year I can read every single day. And I have a minimum of at least 10 pages because um, I don't just want to sit down and read one page. But two and, years and Mason, ago, real quick, I'm going to interrupt you real quick because um, to illustrate that thought too, I think it is almost more impressive when people can restart the next day, automatically restart the next day after they went through quote, quote, whatever their failure is. So the fact that you didn't read that day, which granted, <laughs> let's give you some grace. You're out running mm -hmm. a 12 hour race. But even if you were really going to beat yourself up about it, the really impressive thing is that you got back up and you started reading again that next day yeah. and that you've only missed one day. You haven't missed five days or 10 days, or you haven't read since, um, the ultra marathon day. No, you're like, all right, I lost it that day. I'm at it, at it this day again. And it's kind of that, like, it's not, um, how hard you can get hit, but how many times you can get back up kind of mentality. Exactly. Exactly. Love that. Um, to go back to like kind of answer your question, like how to help with the goals, I kind of like to break it down even smaller. So like what I say, like for my running is like, I don't say I have to run this many miles every single day. It's so strict. It's I'm going to run 40 miles this week. Let's break it up. However I want, however I'm feeling that day. So a couple of years ago when I like really wanted to start reading more, I think this was in like 2000 and 18, I studied abroad and like, I wanted to start reading a lot more. Um, I would give myself an hour for the week, we'll say. So I only, I, I could break it up into 10 minutes a day, 30 minutes, one day I'm already at 45. So I only have 15 minutes left. 
and I still have five days. Um, or I would just do five minutes a day. When you pick up a book, you're normally going to start doing it. It's kind of like what Justin does when he puts his shoes out. As long as you put your shoes on, you're going to do another step. Um, breaking it down into like smaller increments, I think is just where you start building that self-confidence. And like, again, that self-belief is so important that like once you're following through with your action, that's where you can like make your goals bigger and bigger and bigger or like more harder and tedious, challenging. Um, but it's the first step. I always like say it's the first step. The small step is the most important step. Um, as soon as you start your action, don't wait on it. Start it right away. As soon as you think about it, if like Justin, I've heard him say this before, you have like the five seconds. So like right when you wake up, you're like, oh, I could hit snooze or I could just get out of bed. When the longer that you think about it, the more likely you're going to hit snooze. And like, again, I'm a victim of this almost daily. Um, I did it today. Like I'm doing David Goggins challenge right now, four by four by 48. And I want to wake up 20 minutes before so I could warm up. And it was 3.40 and I'm like, nah, man, I need this extra 10 minutes. But then again, on the back end, my first mile was a little tough. I was like, okay, I have to go a lot slower. Like my muscles are tighter. So I paid for it on the back. Whereas if you can get the discipline to learn how to take action on that first step, so important. Break it down something extremely simple. Just like getting out of bed, sitting on the edge of your bed. You don't have to get out. Take the covers off, just sit on the edge. Take like five deep breaths. Think about it. You're going to think about what you should do next. Stay on that momentum. The momentum's the biggest key. Those are all really good tidbits um, that you're mentioning there. Um, another thing I wanted to circle back to with you saying, hey, I do all these things for myself. I think that's great. That's, that's the foundation of it all. Um, but honestly, like when people are advocating on social media or even anything like that, like you're telling your inner circle, like, dude, nah, just did this ultra marathon. It is really inspiring to the right people. Um, the yeah. people that have the confidence aren't, you know, insecure or anything like that. Those people eat that up. And, and when it comes to uh, just human evolution um, and, and pushing us forward as a species, those are the, those are the driving factors that, you know, allow us to, you know, set new PRs. I mean, we're, I was looking up the the world records for running because I was curious and dude, <laughs> the merit, there is a, the marathon world record is somewhere around two hours, which no, is, under. It, is it under? Yeah. He broke two. It's like one fifty eight or something. I'm dude, okay. Insane, well, but insane. <laughs> insane. Dude, just to, to put that in perspective that, I mean, for our listeners out there, go to the track run a lap around the track as fast as you can. And then put that in perspective of extrapolating it out to a marathon um, and see if you can even beat that pace because it's just crazy. And, and I, and I think, you know, the reason why we're able to accomplish so much um, in this, this day and age in this world is because we're all driving ourselves, um, pushing each other in, into the next little bit of whatever we can accomplish. Um, and without advocating and, and, you know, socializing our goals, I, I just think we wouldn't be as far as what we are. So. Yeah. And I, I truly do see that trickle down effect. Um, it's really cool that you're doing so many hard. I work at first form, um, which Andy Frisella owns. So he's my boss. Um, but the environment that you say that you talked about earlier, like, it is so immaculate. I have seen my trickle down effect of this ultra marathon go to probably like four or five coworkers who have done like a month running challenge. I actually have a buddy who's, I'm gonna give him a quick shout out. His name's Jack, one of my managers. He's running a marathon today, just like off the whim. He's like, dude, I really want to push my mental like limits. Um, another coworker named Derek, he's like, man, I really want to grow like my mental strength. Uh, he thought of the thing that he hates to do the most and that's running. Um, so he signed up for a marathon this summer. And then another buddy just talked to me about like how to rewire his brain a little bit. So it's, it's really cool. Like I can see the trickle down effect and like I do that for me, but it's amazing to see the rewards that come off of it. It's like counting my dividends. Um, and that also inspires me to try to just go bigger and better every time I can, because I do see the impact and like the people that I awarded with scholarships last year are probably some of my biggest fans. And seeing them want to do things like that too is just like truly like warming to the heart. So let's talk about this nonprofit that you have set up. What is that? 
Yeah. So in, uh, on my 23rd birthday is when I did my first challenge. Um, and I was living in Thailand. I did a 23 years young birthday challenge in the gym and it consisted of, um, running and biking 23 miles, half and half. I swam 23 laps in the pool. I did 2,300 ab workouts, 23 muscle ups. I lifted 23 Imperial tons, uh, sat in an ice room for 23 minutes, read 23 pages. Um, I did 10, uh, road 230 calories. Um, and I just like wanted to start of like how to push myself. Um, going into my 24th birthday, a year later, I ran one mile every hour on the hour for 24 hours straight. And one of my neighbors was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you fundraising for? And I've always wanted a scholarship fund in my name. I came from a very small high school. Um, I was a military kid, moved around a lot and just graduated in like the most humble of like hometown vibes um, in like central Missouri. Um, some random family that didn't know me gave me a couple thousand dollar scholarship. And it was just really touching that someone that you don't know believes in you just based off like what you wrote on a piece of paper and an interview. Um, so I wanted to pass that, pass it forward. Um, so on my 24th birthday, I like made the commitment to start it the following year. Um, so that next couple months, like I worked with Justin and Gabby, his amazing girlfriend, who is the queen of pretty much everything. Um, she helped me develop a website and everything. And then that's when I decided to do the Katy Trail. Um, it's a trail that goes from pretty much Kansas City all the way back to St. Louis. Um, and that was going to be like my first big first first big fundraiser. Um, and I fundraised a little over $3,000, like $3,200. Um, the whole purpose of Finding Future is because I want to put myself through these things so that I can learn from these things. And I can't tell somebody how to make a commitment to themselves and follow through and grow that self-love and confidence that they have in themselves if I'm not living by that code. Um, so that's what the challenges are for. The mission behind it is to help inspire people pushing their additional education um, to continue learning about themselves and be able to give back. So um, the scholarship goes live pretty much every September. Um, like applications go live on my website. And I kind of like decide around like my next birthday challenge this year, it will be a hundred miler. Um, you guys could hear it first. Let's go. Um, but, and then I give out, I do, it's a written application online and then I do phone interviews with everyone. And then I kind of have like a, a little score system based on like who to reward it to. It's really just wanting to pass it forward of like, how to help people believe in themselves. And I think how to help find your future again, as someone who doesn't exactly know what I want to do, but I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I love and I know like the direction that I want to go. I think it's just a great tool. And it's something that just like, it, it really warms my heart being able to not just give somebody money, but like help, help them in what's going on in their life. We're all trying to go through the same world right now and any help of somebody that's just supportive financial or just there for a smile, it makes the world like being kind is truly the difference that makes people feel better and like push for continue to push forward. So I could go on about finding future for just ever, but that that's the the small, large synopsis of what I'm trying to do. That's really heartwarming. Um, just hearing you stake your body um, for all these goals and, and, and young people's lives. That's really inspiring. And I was going to ask you like, what's next for you, but you're already doing this four by four by 48 right now. And you got the hundred mile lined up. So I have, I have three things I'm doing right. So right now I'm doing David Goggins four times, four times 48 challenge. And I am doing like a small fundraiser for that. Um, it's just through Instagram right now. I'm just posting and on my Facebook, um, I have a half marathon booked next weekend. Um, here in St. Louis, it's the St. St. Patty's Half Marathon. It's around Creefcore Park. Um, I'm trying to do under an hour and a half, which is like seven minute pace. It's like 6.58 pace. And then I'm doing the St. Louis Go in March um, for a marathon. And I'm, I'm trying to go sub three hours um, with a buddy, which would be great. Um, I would be happy with anything under 3.20. 
Um, but he's going for sub three and I know steel cage will come out and be like, all right, let's go, bud. <laughs> um, and that, that could be potential qualifying for Boston. Um, not concerned about that. It's really just wanting to push myself. Um, I also am booking a half Ironman for the summer. Um, and I'm looking to do that around like June or July. And then in September, um, I'm looking to do a hundred miler. So those are the next things that I have lined up. And are any of those going to be linked to your fundraiser? Yeah, all of them. So um, yeah, all of them I'll tie it into it. Um, I'm also going to try to start like hosting uh, local events. You'll, you'll come out and support. I know you will. Um, with like some bars, um, just to see if they will do some things, um, some local gyms. And I'm also going to start organizing a weekly run um, just to bring like-minded people together um, and just collaborate. Um, but yeah, everything it, I do is revolved around finding future. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and pledge $50 um, to the fundraiser. If you hit under that three, uh, uh, you said that three hour marathon. Yeah. Run. I'm going to go ahead and do that. If you hit that. What about the um, hour and a half marathon, half marathon next week? It's the same. Regardless. Pace. Regardless, I'll, I'll donate $25. Okay. 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 I like that. Thank you. <laughs> I know but it's I, not much, but, um, no, dude, sorry. it, that is a lot. It, that means <laughs> the world truly it's, I don't care if it's a dollar, like if everyone would give me a dollar or just share the post that I put out, like that's what means the world to me. It's not that I like, I need, I, yeah, I need money so I could give the money back. I don't keep anything for myself. Like I normally am losing money every single trip. Um, luckily like my parents have been helping like cover costs for like travel, staying food. So they do remarkable there, but, um, I don't keep a penny. So whatever I have in the GoFundMe or you send me directly, I put in a separate account in my bank account and like, I give it all back. So I know there's a lot with like nonprofits that you, you only get like 60% is actually donate hundred percent money back guarantee that if you donate to find in future, it's going to be going to somebody else. Uh, that's hilarious. So, um, I guess we're going to need to be wrapping this up, uh, pretty shortly. Justin, you got any closing thoughts? A couple things are coming to mind. First go support my buddy finding future.org. He's dude. He's, it was incredible to run with you, Mace. It, uh, it was really, really inspiring. I, there's no way I would have been able to do that without you, both from the training aspect and from the actual race aspect. Um, so glad to call you my best friend and I love what you're doing over at finding future. So, uh, big support over there. And then, um, just if you're listening to this and you're looking at an ultra marathon, hundred K 62 miles. And you're like, wow, I could never do something like that. Or my goals are insignificant compared to that. I, I just caution people to compare yourself to anybody else's goals. If you want to go out and run a 5k, go for it. Like that's super impressive. If, um, there there's, there's so many, uh, I, I, the only preface that I put, or the only thing that I'm really trying to push a lot of people towards doing is becoming a better version than their, their yesterday self. So if, if you're working towards some kind of goal, regardless of how small or large it is, and you're excited about it personally, and it's making you a better person, however you define better then more power to you. And, um, yeah, no, I, I just think it, this, this experience taught me a lot, but I also, didn't want to put this up on a pedestal as something that I think everybody should strive for. I think everyone should define their own goals and, um, just be working towards something. And they don't always have to be working towards something like my man, Mason over here, that that's always got something in his back pocket that he's, that he's working towards, but consider in some kind of routine cadence, putting some kind of disruptive event or goal on, um, on your radar and really pushing towards it. I think 75 hard and any variation would be a really good starting place for somebody to just build some founding blocks uh, or foundation blocks. Even if you need to revise some of the things, maybe you can't commit to two 45 minute workouts, but can you commit to two five minute workouts a day? Or maybe you don't want to take the progress picture, but can you stare at yourself in the mirror for 15 seconds and just appreciate your body and the development that you've made on your body? Awesome. 
So, so yeah, I, uh, I just hope this inspires somebody in whatever capacity that means. And, um, yeah, it's been an absolute blast doing this with you, Mace. We're going to have to put something else on the calendar. I always love working towards something. And then uh, honestly, um, big shout out to Kyle too. It's, uh, I, I know I talk about this on so many podcasts that I come on, but of course I do so many things for my own personal self, but the only other person that I typically think about whenever I'm, I'm working on some of these big goals or the podcast itself is, is you. And, um, I hope to inspire you. And of course, if I inspire other people in the making awesome, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure that, that you're excited about what's going on in, in your life and, and hopefully passing some of that through some of the own accomplishments that I made. Can I add one more thing too, real quick? Yeah. I just want to piggyback off that. Um, don't compare yourself to other people. Be so proud of who you are. You're an amazing, unique person. Love yourself. Decide something that you want to do that's a little bit different. And just make the small commitment, two to five minutes a day, one hour throughout the week. Don't compare yourself to someone who's crazy and has loose screws like myself. Like you're amazing. You can do it. Believe in yourself. Take a deep breath in those hard moments and just know that the next day is going to come and we're all going to be okay. Be kind. Really powerful words there, guys. Um, you both inspire me so much to be just a better man, better everything. Um, yeah. Set your threshold guys, set your threshold define your non-negotiables and build on it because you will be surprised where you end up a year from now two years from now, 10 years from now. Awesome. Once again, huge shout out to my boy, Mason. Uh, if you want to hear more of him, go check out episode number one. He was actually my first guest on The Struggle is Real. Um, back at that time, it was called The Sandbox. So it might feel or look a little bit different. But uh, if you want to go hear some more of his thoughts, episode one, and then Kyle's right behind there, episode two, I believe, maybe episode three. Can't quite remember, but but we'll drop links out. Um, you got to scroll all the way down to the bottom for him, but, uh, hopefully you're hearing more of his voice here in the future as well, as I'm trying to get him a little bit more involved. So, so thanks again, everybody for, for tuning in. And of course, thanks for the two people on the line with me. You guys are, are my rocks. So thanks guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like this conversation today, be sure to subscribe. So you'll be notified about new episodes. If you want to connect with me, send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Justin Lee Peters. You can find show notes with links to everything we discussed today at justinpeters.co. This episode was produced by Gabby Dimeke. I'm your host, Justin Peters. Thanks for tuning in.